Welcome to Momentum Church. Last week, we began to look at how that door you can have confidence in, we saw was Jesus on Easter Sunday, and told you how there was the criminal on one side of Jesus that was full of doubt and despair about who Jesus was. And then the other criminal was just full of faith and confidence that this is the one that he could call on to. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. So with it, we saw that his decision to go past doubt to faith in Jesus opened up what was next in his life. And it literally was paradise. Same way for us. Every decision is a door into what's next in your life. And when you look in Hebrews chapter 11, this is why I think it was so important for us today. And like I said, we didn't do this in the first service. There was just a reason for it in this service. And it would have been hypocritical for us to preach this word today and not taking that time. Amen? Because if God says go through a door, what do you do? You go through that door, amen, and then you watch what God's going to do on the other side. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, it'll tell us about this idea of, of, of faith. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so a lot of times we put our faith in what is seen. In other words, I know what I'm doing, so I'm making decisions based on exactly what I'm doing. But sometimes it's like a door. It's like, do you see what's on the other side of this door? No, you don't know. So God basically just stirs your heart to step through the door, to, 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 to make a decision. And on the way, you're going to find out what God is up to. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that scary? It's really scary. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. And so, but that's how faith decisions are. And a lot of times when we talk about somebody getting saved and we call it a decision for faith. They made a faith decision. You've heard that term before probably if you've been around a church a while. A faith decision. Guess what? When you came to faith in Christ, that wasn't your last faith decision. That was the saving faith decision. But how many know? There's all the time in your life God shows you decisions to make. And some of those may seem as small as getting out of bed like we said earlier. Some of those can be huge. But you make a faith decision in the moment and walk into what God has next for you. The problem is doubt is the door of opportunity left closed. Don't let that don't miss that. Sometimes we, we go, God, I know you're calling me to this. I know what you want me to start this. I know you want me to stop this. I know you want me to go here. I, I know you want me not to go there. That's a decision point. And you look at but, and as soon as you start to say but, I know God's saying it. Uh, just uh, that doubt is that thing that stymies that opportunity. It, it blocks, if you will, that opportunity that God has. It's it's the door of opportunity left. Close. And what you can see here in this scripture is that your faith isn't in your vision. All right? It says faith is the substance of things not seen. So your faith isn't in what's on the other side of the door. All right? Your faith is in the one you have hope in. All right? Your, your faith isn't being able to see the thing you're walking toward. Your faith is in the one in whom you are connected with. If you don't get anything out of anything today, that's what I want you really to look at. Because these were people throughout the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, they call this the, the heroes of faith chapter, right? And you can see it played out over and over and over again with these people's lives. That God is calling them to make a decision into nothing other than the promise that he gives them. To make a decision into nothing other than the relationship that they have, the connection that they have with 
him. It says here, this kind of faith, for by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are, are visible. All right? And so I want you to see something here as we look through this. This is awesome. I'm just going to bounce around. Let's go down to verse. Let's see where we're going to go. Let's go to verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Let's not get the cart before the horse. All right? Reward is coming. Shout, reward is coming. But it's those who draw near to God. That's the first thing. It's, it's that connection with him first. Everything he has on the other side of that door of obedience, everything he has on the other side of that door of decision, that's his to give. But all he's saying is draw near to me in this moment and then make that decision. And that's what you start to see manifest or happen all throughout this passage. You're going to see here a person by the name of Noah. I love this. It says that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Do you see that? So God's calling him to make a decision based on something he can't see, but he's drawing him into that relationship, telling him, okay, make this decision. You don't see it. The earth has never had rain like this before, but I want you to build me something. I want you to go through this door, make a decision to start building something. And on the back side of that, I'm going to provide. The rain's going to come. The animals are going to come. Everything's going to happen the way I'm telling you it's going to happen. But in this moment, it's by faith. Go down a little bit further. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Wouldn't that be hard? Go get the promised land. Okay. Which way? That way. A little more detailed, Jesus. You know, a little more detailed, Father God. A little bit more here. Doesn't give it to him. Tells him the general location. And he begins to leave the Ur of the Chaldees, which was down by the Tigris and the Euphrates River in modern-day Iraq. And he goes up to a place called Haran. And then he ends up going from there over into the promised area. But still, it wasn't so much about what he was doing. It was about who he was following. He had such a relationship. Abraham was known as the friend of God. He had such a relationship with God that when God said, go, he said, okay. And here's what's beautiful. I love this. This relationship with God continued to develop to the point that when God got him to the promised land, God wasn't telling him the scope of his promise anymore. Watch this. This is cool. He gets into the promised land, this place of opportunity, and he looks at Moses, and I believe he did this because he's like, I can trust Moses because Moses can trust me. We've got that kind of relationship. Now he looks at Moses and says to him, wherever your feet tread, it's yours. I said Moses, not Abraham. Wherever your feet tread. Nobody corrected me on that. So you should have been going like, it's Abraham, Ross. And so wherever your feet tread, it's yours. In other words, he gave him because he'd been walking in obedience, walking in faith, walking in connection, walking in friendship. Isn't it amazing when you think about it that what you do in life can be as big as you want it? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Now, it doesn't start there. It starts in your heart being turned toward God, developing this relationship with the Lord. Toward then, out of that, you're being obedient. And you know what's neat about that? When he says, don't go, you don't go. When he says, start, you start. When he says, stop, you stop. That's the kind of relationship that in turn, he'll finally look at you and just say, go for it, son. Go for it, daughter. 
Your heart's where it needs to be. Go get what God has for you. Amen? I love it. I lost my, there we go. And so let's go down a little bit further. This is, this is, is, is Abraham. If you jump over here, it says, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Years go by, and you see a man born by the name of Moses, and his mother, by faith, in verse 23, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. She didn't know what the next step was. She just knew in this moment, I'm supposed to hide this baby. That's all she knew. And then God allowed the Pharaoh's daughter to find the baby, to raise the child in the temple, to be able to be the one that years later will become the deliverer of the people of, of Israel that were in bondage. But it started off with the mama going, what am I supposed to do? I feel in my heart I'm supposed to put this baby in the bulrushes, and this is what I'm going to do. And then God, out of the backside of that, opened that door, based on her decision, opened that door into what was next. It goes on. We see Moses finally comes to deliver the people. In verse 29, by faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, they were drowned. Okay? So, so some people will say, well, yeah, they, the, 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 the Israelites went across the Sea of Reeds. It wasn't really the Red Sea. It was the Sea of Reeds. And so it was just like thigh deep, waist deep. And that's why they were able to get across it. And so it's not a miracle. Okay, well, then the miracle is that all those professional soldiers and chariot drivers all were died in the middle of chest, you know, like, like waist deep water. I'm sorry. There's a miracle there. I'm just going to believe what the scripture says, that it was dry land, amen? But it was on the backside of them standing at that water's edge. God said, well, that's where we're going. Okay. Spreads out, and they walk across. It happened years later when the priests put their feet in the water of the Jordan, and the Jordan piled up on itself, and they walked across on dry land. But it wasn't until they put their feet in the water. A decision is a door into what's next for your life. I'm going to say it again. A decision is a door into what's next for your life. But what happens, Ross, when it looks so impossible, this decision God wants me to make? What happens? Well, watch this one. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Well, that's silly. God tells Joshua, I want you to do this. I want you to go to the city of Jericho. The Bible says the doors of the city were tightly shut up. This was a very secure fortress of a city. All right? And he's supposed to go there and walk around it. You know? I'm conquering a city. I'm conquering a city. I'm conquering a city. What in the world? It's like a scene out of Monty Python's Holy Grail. Clippity, 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 you know? My gosh. But God speaks to him, all right? And if you don't appreciate Monty Python, I'm sorry. You might go to heaven. I don't know. You might. I don't, if you don't, but. <laughs> Not the comfy chair. No. All right, so, so basically, all I'm getting at is God speaks to Joshua, go walk around the city and do that every day. And then on the last day, walk around it, you know, seven times and then blow your trumpet and the walls are coming down. Can you imagine him coming to his hardened generals, if you will, as captains of his army? Okay, guys, got an idea. This is what we're going to do. What? It, it would be like, it would be like this. It'd be like, like, I can't see victory on the other side of this door. 
but this is what God's telling me to do. So I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk through, even though I can't imagine this working. But guess what? God's promise. They made the decision, multiple decisions that led up to that point where the doorway for their victory was what they experienced next. We have to be able to look at things in our life when God speaks to us about things that just don't make sense. We need to, be able to look at those things in our life when God speaks to us about those things and say, you know what? I'm going to make those decisions anyhow. You know, first service, man, I, tell you, I preached the mess out of this sermon. First service, there was no interruption by the Holy Spirit. How dare he break up my church service? You see what I'm saying? See how that works? It's like, like I had a plan, right? But then God's like, no, I, I want to touch people at this altar. But then in the back of my head, I'm going, but God, I will offer that and nobody will show up. I'll look like a false prophet. God's going to do something here today. No, he didn't. But you know what? I couldn't go off of that, right? In real time, it was like God's like, you're preaching this to the people that you've got to open up with a decision, a door into what's next. And guess what? I don't know what happened today, but God has something going on in these lives. And I hope by next Sunday, if you have a testimony, all those that came up here, by next Sunday, I want to hear it, all right? So we can celebrate with you what God has done. And there's fear of me even saying that because I'm like, what if there's no testimony next week? What if there is? Yeah. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> All right. I got to keep preaching. Verse 32, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire. I'll get back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a moment. Escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Every single one of those actions that happened, those results started with a decision led by the Holy Spirit, but responded to by man. And in doing so, it led him into what was next. We've got to realize that decisions we make in life are powerful things. And God wants to use those things. Do you know that the breakthroughs that we have come usually from small decisions that bring about great outcomes? Noah, I'm just going to build me a boat. He told me to build a boat. How are you going to get the animals, Noah? I don't know. I hope they come. And like they did. Well, now the boat's sitting for all these years. How are you going to get the boat up? It doesn't matter. If there's no rain, I don't need the boat. But if there's rain, I'm prepared. I'm ready. Why? Because there was a decision. Is that neat? <laughs> and so faith is that substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't know what's on the other side of there. But God has something for you. Here, listen to this. Our abundance of human resources have positioned us to accept a paradigm that provision precedes vision. All right? Now, that's not from me. Erwin McManus said this in his book, Chasing Daylight. In other words, we live in an environment with so much resource that until we see the provision, we won't act. Until we know what's on the other side of the door, we won't even begin to make a decision to open the door. And you wonder why we do small things for Jesus. And we wonder why we do small things in our life. And we wonder why we miss some of the best stuff God has for us. Because it's on the other side. Just waiting for us to decide to be faithful. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. It doesn't make sense to me. But I'm going to take that step of faith. 
Amen? Here's the thing about that. We don't control what is on the other side of our decisions. But I can tell you one thing. If the doors you've been opening are leading to a life you don't want continually, you're probably just knocking on the wrong doors. You're probably just not making decisions that you need to be making. Amen? God wants you to make these other types of decisions, not waiting, but just acting in faith. And Erwin and, and McManus, he said that the, a, a church planter he was talking to, who was going to plant a church, and it was like two years later, and he asked the church planter, how's that church going? Did you guys get it started? No, we didn't. We didn't get it started. Well, what happened? Well, we never was able to raise the finances. And his thought was, well, who told you that the lack of funds was God telling you not to start that church, right? You don't have to have funds to start a church. You, you just got to have a Bible and maybe a coffee shop, you know, maybe a living room, you know, maybe a street corner. I, I mean, like, any, like, you don't have to have funds, amen? And so he asked, who told you that? Well, my mom and dad... And my pastor said, if God hasn't brought the provision of the finances, then most likely God's not there. He doesn't want you to plant that church. You know, sometimes it's not until you start to go. Sometimes it's not on the day one walking around Jericho. It's not on the day two. It's not on the day three. I mean, it's all the way up to that final last day, not even the, the fifth lap around. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, sometimes you don't see the provision until it's right then. That's why we don't put our faith in vision. We put our faith in the one who holds vision. Don't miss that. All right? We draw near to him. We don't put our faith in what he wants us to do. We put our faith in him, who he is. And guess what? You won't miss what he wants you to do when you do that. You won't. You can have confidence. I don't know what's on the other side of this door, but I know where my relationship is with God. And when he asks me to make a decision, I try to honor him in my decisions. When he asked me to live according to the word, I try to honor him according to the word. When he asked me in these small things, if I'll be faithful, I try to honor him in those small things. And I can have confidence because of our relationship. I think I've taught you this before. When the scripture says the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord, that doesn't mean God says there's a step. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be easy? Go there. Oh, all right, I'll go there. Go here. Okay. No, no, no. It's the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Well, I didn't see that coming. I'm in Woodstock, Georgia. Never thought I'd be in Woodstock, Georgia. I really thought we would plant a church. It'd be like in the inner city of Atlanta somewhere. And then God, I started stepping this way, and he brought me here. It was, he was ordering the steps. The responsibility I had was to walk in the righteousness of God. Not in perfection, but in relationship with him. That's what righteousness means, right? Relationship, all right? So that's what you can control. You can control your decisions. He controls your destiny. Your focus is on the divine, on deity, and on him, not your destiny. Your focus is on him. He'll get you there. Amen? Amen. Where am I at? I've gotten off. <clears throat> yeah. So this is the foundation, though. Having that idea that I have to wait to know everything on the other side of the door before I can make a decision, that is the foundation of no-risk faith. And I just want to tell you as a church here at Momentum, I want us to become a people who have risky faith. Amen? That just as God tells us to do something, we do it. And in the first service, everybody got really quiet because I think they thought I was going to say, and now we're going to build a building and we need your money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying now we're going to change a world and we need your obedience. 
I'm talking about money. Now we're going to be able to have a life that connects with our families and our friends and people around. And they see you moving out in the adventure of Christ and the adventure that God has for you. This adventure of faith. And God is so just doing a work in you that it's undeniable. Not because you have it all figured out, but because your decisions are based in the relationship you have with Jesus. Man, that's, that's risky. But I don't know what's on the other side. Like I said, every decision is a door into what's next in your life. 16 years ago this weekend, 16 years ago, Amy and I, well, actually, it wasn't Amy and I yet. It was Jared and I. We moved down here to plant this church. Hey, Jared. All these years, still together, you know. And so we came down. We had raised funds. I didn't know if we could raise funds. I really didn't. You know, but I'd come down, Amy and I, for like five years, felt this leading that we were going to plant a church in Atlanta, in the, in the region. And I kept saying no to God. You know why? I didn't want to go through that door. Life was comfortable on this side of the door. I liked what I was experiencing. We built a brand new home. It was going to be paid off in like 10, it would have been paid off like six years ago. You know, I like that. You know, been young. I'm getting old now. Too much debt to be old, right? And and, and our church was growing in Ohio, but the Lord laid in my heart one day, are you going to let me be God, or is Mansfield First Assembly of God going to be God? And it just challenged me. All right, Lord. And so we started taking steps toward moving here. Come down for a visit. We never even looked in Woodstock. We ended up up in Cherokee County, and it was just like, whew, we felt something in our spirit. And then God was pointing out Woodstock. And then I have different worship guide coming with me, you know? And then the Lord's like, no, it's Jared and Sharla. And so I had to step out in faith. I had been full-time for years. Jared had been full-time as a pastor for about three years. I had to step out in faith. Hey, guys, I want you to quit everything. Can't promise you nothing. Come help us start a church. <laughs> that was my sales pitch, right? And he did. He opened that door. We didn't know what was going to happen. We just knew that we wanted to get down. We wanted to start in September, so we thought if we got here in April, we could launch the church in September. We really did. So we're going to come down. I'm going to get work. Well, he got a job. He worked for three years on that job while he worked at the church. I came down and started a little side business, you know, and, and so we wouldn't touch what we had raised. Man, we raised a ton. God blessed us. Who knew? People wanted to give to the vision, but we didn't know. We just were stepping out in faith, and God started bringing the finances, but we didn't want to spend those finances, so we came down and got work, and I started my little side thing, and, and everything was going good, right? And um, man couldn't start in September. Just, we weren't there yet. September came, we had 15 people. I thought this was going to grow fast. It's the slowest thing we ever put our hands to. I love it though, but it was hard, man. Just because we were obedient doesn't mean it all came easy. If you look at the rest of that Hebrews 11 passage, it's going to talk about people being beaten, people being executed for their faith shipwrecks and all sorts of stuff happening, right? I'm not saying that it's all going to be just rose-colored glasses. No, you'll go through some stuff seeing what's next for the kingdom of God. But you all are testament that it was worth every bit of whatever we have went through all these years to see lives changed. Amen? And so that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> decisions aren't just doors into what's next. You know what decisions are? Often they are lines of demarcation that reveal the object of our worship. I can't live on both sides of this door. So this doorway is a line of demarcation. I loved my church in Ohio. I loved my pastor. My pastor was here last week. He's been here for a month. You know, so you guys know Pastor Corey that leads worship. That's his dad. So I didn't hire Corey because that's his dad. But man, I got to work for his dad nearly 11 years. And now Corey's going on nearly 11 years working for me. I think that's a pretty cool heritage, amen? 
And I say all that just to say that I love my pastor. I didn't want to leave him. I could, I could have been an assistant pastor the rest of my life. I love being a support. This is, believe it or not, this is hard for me. Week after week preaching does not come easy. <laughs> Some people are like, I know, I can tell. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. It doesn't. <clears throat> being an associate, man, it's just, I, I, it's just a very natural, natural thing. But I worship the Lord. I love the Lord. And he was putting this in my heart. And it wasn't something I made a decision quickly. We're going to teach before the end of the series, how do you know how to make good decisions? All right? Because it wasn't something I came to quickly, but it did challenge us in faith when it was time to step out. But like I said, I'm worshiping him, so that means my decisions follow suit. All right? I'm going to give you a real quick story, and we're going to be done. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Many of you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar, foreign king. King of Babylon builds a huge golden statue, tells everybody under his dominion they need to bow down to this statue when they hear the music and the horns blare. You have a bunch of Jewish boys that love Jesus or love, love Yahweh. They love God. And, 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 and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not going to bow down. They just would not. And so what we see is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, our decision has already been made. All right? If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. If, if those who would not bow down, they were going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. He's like, you know what? God can deliver us from that fiery furnace. This is what blows my mind, though. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They had confidence in that. That they were not going to be those subject to that king. But if not, this blows my mind. Let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. In other words, there's a line of demarcation in the decision I'm making. I worship God, and my decisions line up with my worship of God. And he may show up in the middle of this and keep me from struggle, but you know what? If he doesn't and I go through the struggle, I still trust him. That's what they were saying. Whew. That's bold, amen? I want that kind of faith. That's not, that's risky faith. That's not no risk faith. That's risky faith. So listen to this. Walking through doors by faith is all about character. It's what it is. This whole idea of decision making, it's all about character. It's about leaning into and trusting the character of Christ. And then while you're going through it, these last 16 years, man, it's been hard. There's been times my character has been good, and there's been times it's been tested. So the second part is in the midst of making your decision, as God's bringing this about, it's your character being tested. It's all about character, though. To clean that up a little bit, trusting, making faith decisions, it's all about trusting the character of Christ, all while your character is being tested. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had no idea they would be preserved. They didn't know. They just knew that they had to stay true to the God that they served. Isn't that good? And that was their act of worship. I, I had a young couple call me about three weeks ago from our church in Ohio. Young, probably early 30s, maybe mid-30s. And, um, and basically, they've been living together for like 11 years. And his uncle sent them a letter challenging them. Look, we know you are believers. And the uncle probably wrote it a little more, less tactful than I probably would have. Okay. But basically was just saying, I just, I worry for your souls. I don't want you to go to hell. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they were really concerned and reach out to me. They, they, they call, you know, and, and it's weird because I probably haven't talked to this girl since she was a teenager, you know. 
And so, but I guess, you know, with Facebook, they, people follow you, and so there was that connection still. And I was just so proud that she called. She said, here's what it is, Pastor Ross. It, was, it, it made us upset, but it got us thinking, right? And, and the thing is, you don't understand. We both have disabilities, and we get $13,000. We'll get $13,000 less a year if we get married. And so we want to be married, but it'll just mess us up financially, and so what do we do? Well, the first thing I did is I honored the uncle. I said, look, your uncle, I'm sure he meant right. I'm sure the way he said it was hurtful. But let's just say that he was saying it out of a heart of love. He is concerned for you. Can, can, I, can I tell you something? We live in such a cancel culture that when people call out sin in your life, it's so easy now just to say, you're a judger. Get out of my life. I don't want your leadership in my life anymore. And look at it like they're not loving, they're judging. No, they may be loving and loving poorly. They may be loving and just don't know quite how to say it. Now, I'm going to be honest. There are some people that are just hypocritically ugly, okay? But you can't look at every single person that challenges you on sin in your life that says, make better decisions and go, I'm done with them. I'm done with them. I'm done with their leadership. I'm done with their church. I'm done with that relationship. I'm done with them as a family member. You're not coming to my Thanksgiving dinner no more. You know, But do you know what I love about these two young people? They didn't do that. It hurt, but they wanted to find answers. They wanted to talk about it. And so we talked about it. And I, just, I was just loving and encouraging. And you know what I did? I didn't go into the sin side of it. I went into the faith side of it. I know you love Jesus. I know he loves you. I know if you walk after Jesus, he has a plan and a purpose for you. And you can't go wrong living according to the word of God. And I have confidence that if you'll live according to the word of God, if, he'll, if you'll have boldness to make that decision, here's what's going to happen. God's going to provide. I don't know how, but he has you taken care of. Somehow, it's going to work out for you. You can't make a good decision and it not work out for you. God's going to honor you. And da, da, da. I got a call a few days ago. They're getting married on May 4th. I think it was May 4th, May 11th. Yeah. Not because I was ugly with them. I was just loving with them, you know? And, and what I'm getting at is for them, it makes sense. It's like, how in the world do I do? I'm going to end up in a fiery furnace. Yeah, maybe. But it's a line of demarcation of worship. Do I make the decision? If you're not a believer, then you don't need to make the decision, right? But if you're a faith, if you profess faith in God, then it's one of those things where, man, I've got to make this decision based on, on him. And here's what ends up happening. I love this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. He didn't realize it, but he was looking at Jesus himself in the midst of the fire. And over the last 16 years, there was times we had to make decisions that were hard. Amen, Jared? Decisions that were tough. But we have seen Jesus in the midst of every fire. Amen? And we will continue to see him in the midst of every fire as we draw that line of demarcation and say, I'm making a decision anyhow. The world can stay here. I'm walking after God. Amen? <clears throat> Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. Listen to this. Faithful decisions in the face of fear will produce the fruit of God in your life. 
Faithful decisions in the face of doubt will produce the force of God in your life. That's what they experienced. They didn't know. All they knew was their love for God compelled them to make that next right decision. And it led them into this present, this amazing experience with the presence of Jesus. Can I just tell you, don't let fear decide for you. And the door you fear going through most, as I'm speaking today, there's things in your heart going, yeah, I need to make that decision. That's a decision I need to step up and make. Can I just tell it this way? The door you fear going through most just might be the one where you meet God most profoundly. <laughs> He's not going to leave you hanging because you make a right decision. How many made some right decisions and it got hard? It got worse. Yeah, good. I just don't want to be alone in the room. <laughs> yeah. But he's there with you the whole time. Amy and I are going through some stuff right now. You know, not together, not personally. Well, together, we're not fighting, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Today. <laughs> no, we're not fighting. We're fighting together through some things right now, you know? But we see his faithfulness in the decision that we're making, you know? So I'm just going to close with the idea again that every decision is a door into what's next in your life. And you have to understand when it comes to those doors, doors, they're for leaving. Bye. <laughs> and they're for entering. Amen? Let me say that again. Doors, when it comes to these decisions in your life, they're, they're for leaving and they're for entering. It, it, it's kind of useless to be like right here, you know? And there's some things I think God's calling you to that it's time to make decisions to leave and to enter. Amen? Apart from doubt, apart from fear, full of faith, leaving, making decisions based on your desires and entering into making decisions based on the word of God. Leaving the idea of making decisions where you worship man or even worship yourself, what you want, and entering into a deep, worshiping relationship with God. Le leaving doubt and entering into faith. Leaving flesh and entering into spirit. As a church, this year, we believe God is taking us from leaving a place of just no-risk faith to risky faith. How dare the church service went longer than I hoped. Well, I'm sorry. Wouldn't trade it for a bit, these people being touched by God today. Amen? That's a risk. We, can I just say something? Churches worship at the throne of guests too much. I love our guests. If you're a guest here, I love, come on, I'll hug you. No, I, <laughs> he's like, I'll hug you. I love our guests. I'm just saying that oh, I don't want to offend. I want to be careful. What will happen if it's too long? What if we get too loud? What if we get too quiet? What, 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 what? I love our guests but we're not worshiping guests at Momentum. Amen? We're worshiping God. But we're going to take guests on the journey with us. They're only guests one week anyhow. Next week, your family. All right? We're Shpuka family. You know, that's next week. Amen? <laughs> and so, so, <laughs> but we're leaving things. Just like these guys. They left just being slave boys in a foreign land, and they entered into being placed in a position of honor and promotion. Their actions had them leaving a society that had put faith in false gods and entering with that society into an era where the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was honored as the only true God. 
leaving and entering. God has some things for you to leave and some things for you to enter, but it comes in that decision-making process. That decision is the door that leads to what's next in your life. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted him and set aside the king's command, and they yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any other god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is heavy, shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. Glory to God. For there is no other god who was able to rescue in this way. This is, this is a foreign pagan god, a, a king. Verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Man, they made a decision in spite of doubt and fear and all that stuff. They made a decision by faith and they walked into what God had next for them. It's the same for us. The promise is the same. Amen? So I want you guys to close your eyes for a moment. If you're here today and there's something in your heart where you're like, you know what? I just know a decision I'm dreading, but it's a decision I need to make. If you're struggling with something like that, just place it in your heart. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see my friends here as they wrestle with this. Lord, let them realize their wrestling is worship unto you. And Lord God, their submission to their desire, their submission to their will to you is worship unto you. And let them see themselves in the Spirit just grabbing hold of that door, that decision, and walking into what you have next for them in Jesus' name. Amen? And there's another group of people here. Last Sunday, there was 14 people that made decisions to follow after Jesus or to rededicate their lives. Amen? Give God some praise. Amen? Yeah. If you're here today and you're like, Ross, I want to follow this Jesus that you serve. We may not even understand all that means. We wrote a book that will help you. It's just a seven-day guide with Jesus. Not a seven-day guide with religion. Not a seven-day guide with Momentum Church. Seven-day guide with Jesus. We want to give this to you if you're making a relationship with the Lord today, beginning that walk, or if you're saying, you know what, I've been playing with my faith a long time, and I'm getting serious today about my faith. If that's you, if everybody head by, bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. If that's you, hold up your hand, and our ushers are going to bring books to you, all right? So anybody, there's somebody over here, anybody, somebody right here, anyone else, just keep them up. They're going to bring them to you. They're going to bring them to you. We're going to pray a prayer with you. I'm so proud of y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to pray a prayer with you together as a church family, all right? And there's a little sheet in there. I do want to get your information. Just fill that out and put it in the box outside. That way we can follow up with you and just take care of you, all right? But just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. I will serve you all the days of my life. You are my Lord. You're my Savior. And I can't wait to find out what all that means. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise up in here. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.